a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana, a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary. But it's their humble, holy way of living. That's exactly what makes them extra to me, and I am excited for you to meet them. Now, I am connected to today's guest in myriad ways. Uh, And if you can picture kind of a dartboard, uh, the connections over the years have gone from kind of the outer ring of the dartboard uh, closer into the bullseye the longer that I've known him. Um, If you've been a MANA listener, uh, for low these many seasons, first of all, thank you. Uh, but you've heard me. Uh, we've had other guests on the on the on the big show here that I've worked with, uh, and and that is that is indeed how today's guest and I first met each other uh, in in the workplace. Um, but but unlike the other guests that I've worked with, uh, this guy wasn't really a peer uh, of mine. Uh, he was more like. He was like the BMOC, the big man on campus. Not not my boss per se, but I was like the freshman looking up to to this like totally stud senior who was honestly like the coolest guy in any room uh, that he walked into. Uh, uh, and then I come to find out uh, that we actually did share a campus uh, back in the day at our alma mater, Gustavus Adolphus College, which all of you have heard me talk a lot about on this podcast. Uh, so that brought us a little bit closer to that kind of center of the bullseye of, of connectivity. Um, and I've been blessed to collaborate with, with him on a variety of initiatives to spread kind of the gospel of Gustavus uh, over the years to other college-bound students, none of which, ironically, were my own daughters, but that's the topic of another podcast, uh, perhaps. Um, so over the years, though, we've gotten even closer to that center of the bullseye uh, through commu- commonalities uh, that that go beyond companies and campuses, but get into, you know, kind of things that connect humans even more deeply. Uh, For example, commonalities of community, uh, in which our guest, among a litany of his impressive leadership experiences uh, that he has, he led Minnesota Children's uh, Cancer Research Fund for years to uh, prominent heights of both national awareness and record-breaking impact, uh, we've had commonalities of creativity uh, and a love, a mutual love, not just for the quest for, but the execution of a big idea. Uh, we have commonalities of conscience and the discovery and the discernment of what all of us are like built for and born for, kind of what's our purpose, our vocation. And then most selfishly for me, uh, we have commonalities of care. Uh, I have a screensaver on my computer that says, uh, give a damn, many dams, more dams than anyone. Uh, now, that's not appropriate language for manna, ironically here, but, but, the lev- but that level of care is, uh, is, is what you know, the Holy Spirit fills us with, and today's guest directs his care, a ton of care, uh, in unconditionally generous amounts uh, on his family, on his friends, and on me. Um, I always talk about role models on this show, and this guy is one of mine, uh, a great husband, a great dad, a great friend. And he's been my uh, coerced uh, but wonderfully cooperative mentor <laughs> to me in so many ways all these years. So please welcome today 
today's man of man, Mr. John Hallberg. Hey, John. Hey, Jeff. Thank you for that way too kind introduction. Well, wow. it's great to be here. Well, it is great to have you here. And so in the spirit of creativity, and so I'm just going to let our listeners know, and this is how we're going to roll. This is how great John is. So we're, as you can probably tell audibly here, there might be a little bit of an echo. So we are on location here. Um, and, uh, and there's a whole story about the location that I'm going to get to in a second. But not only are we on location, we're sharing a microphone because I'm the idiot that forgot the second microphone. <laughs> so as a testament to, to your creativity, John, we're going to going to get creative and and we're all we're huddled around this microphone like a little campfire and we're just going to go back and forth as long as we don't break into a little donnie and marie i'm a little bit country she's a little bit rock and roll or whatever it is yeah Yeah. exactly exactly all right i'd be i'd be the country all right so but actually creativity is where i want to start and 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 of all the episodes that we've had i've never actually started with the topic of creativity because, and this now gets back to where we are. So we're in this wonderful church here that you are a parishioner of, but you know, you're not just, you're not just like you know, a semi-retired parishioner, a guy who's like, yeah, I'm gonna be an usher. Um, just like at Gustavus, you're not just an alum that cuts a check, like you're a trustee and you're not just a trustee, you're like heading up all these things. So you have this drive that when we first met and we're talking about big ideas for cereal, and it's just been part of your essence all these years, and it's something that inspires me, it inspires everybody that you work with. So I kind of want to start there, like, you know, like, where does that come from? Has that always been part of just your own DNA, or, or did you kind of grow into this, like, this, it's like this quest to continue to come up with that next big, I mean, we're sitting here, again, listener, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let John answer, but there's a parking lot in this church that's getting ready for a concert. I mean, you're driving such creative things at this church and it doesn't, there's no off button on your creativity switch. So where does that come from? Well, that's a great question. I think, you know, part of the, part of the creativity to your question is linked to giving back and doing good in the world. And that part, I definitely had that modeled by my dad, you know, and uh, because he was just that kind of guy. He was active in our church growing up. He was, he, as he retired, he was active in the little community that he, he and my mom lived in. Um, and I think that just the plain old sort of creative, not plain old creativity, but just the, the inspired creativity, I, you know, I, I think that just comes from being curious. You know, that as I used to interview people like for General Mills or other places, I always wanted people, I mean, to your point, one, care about something. You know, show me that you care about something. I don't care what it is. Just... Yeah. But also show me that you're intellectually curious. I really think that that intellectual curiosity inspires creativity because you're always seeking to, okay, how could we, how could I learn more? How could we do that better? How could we have more impact? Mm-hmm. That's where it comes from. Yeah. How about the, you know, you mentioned Mills and then, and then, and then there were some stops in between, but you eventually did, like I said in the intro, you eventually took all of that sort of commercially directed creativity and drive and sophistication. I mean, marketing, just such cool stuff. And you did direct it towards, you know, kind of more of the nonprofit charitable kind of sector. Is it, is it that same, like, was that destined, you know, when you talk about your dad's influence and this kind of like giving back or, or, or when you found yourself in that position, you were like, huh, I didn't really think this was going to be in the cards. Well, I think like, like you, like a lot of people listening, I'm sure, you know, during my professional corporate career, I served on a lot of nonprofit 
boards, right? I was on the executive committee. An example was, you know, when our kids were really young, I served on the children's theater board. We were blessed to have a great children's theater here in the Twin Cities. And, uh, you know, and I realized, A, I kind of like this, and B, I'm not too bad at it. And so I think it was just that itch was always there. It was, it was taking 10 hours a week of my sort of volunteer time, if you will. And I finally got to the point that said, you know what? Maybe I can do this full time. And that's where, after a 25-year corporate career, I spent my last almost 15 years uh, at Children's Cancer Research Fund. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and what I loved, and we've talked about this, what I loved about your leadership there, because sometimes I do think when people are thinking about, well, I've got my day job and then, you know, I'll be on a board or, you know, there's like this chasm between kind of the quote unquote for-profit work that has got a level of sharpness and sophistication and growth and all these things. And then there's the nonprofit stuff, which is like, well, you know, we're just doing good stuff. And you really brought, you know, the gifts that you were blessed with in that growth, you know, creative space. And you just applied it right there. And it was just this great kind of win-win. What was it like for you getting into that? I mean, did you find the receptivity to be there or did you have to kind of be like, okay, you just trust me, this is going to work? <laughs> That's a really great question. And I've kind of um, counseled a lot of people who wanted to make that transition. I think first off, to your first point, 100% of what I learned at a place like General Mills or Getty Images or wherever it was, is, was transferable to the nonprofit sector, whether it's you know, developing good people or brand strategy or whatever it might be, 100% was transferable. Uh, as Becky Roloff, who's now the president of St. Kate's said when she went from um, the YWC, or uh, Ameriprise to the YWCA, she said, you know, nonprofit is just a tax status, not a business model. Yeah. And it's very, very true. I think though there was a transition and that is, you can't try and move too fast. You know, you can't try and say, well, this is the way we did it at General Mills, so that's the way we're gonna do it here. You have to really, you know, feel the culture of the organization. Uh, I was telling somebody earlier today, the two biggest unexpected wake-up calls for me, if you will, moving from the for-profit world to the not-for-profit world is A, how little the organization had to invest in the development of people, which is like, wait, no, you know, you wanna retain and develop good people, and B, sort of the lack of, not, not confidence, that's not a right word, but the lack of sort of belief in what they could do. So the organization was having a significant impact on advancing cancer research and improving outcomes for young cancer patients, but they weren't acting like that. I don't know if that was Minnesota nice, could be, or just yeah. humility, but it was like, no, you, you're really, you can stretch for more, you can do more, not to push them, but just to, to yeah. build that confidence that said, yeah, we can, we can, not, it's not even about being better, it's just about we can do more, we can yeah. have more Im impact if we just, you know, reach a little higher. Yeah, well, and not, and kind of not, kind of not, uh, thanks listener for a pre uh, uh, putting up with the moving of the microphone here, <laughs> but kind of not, uh, it's like not apologizing for the growth, like not apologizing for succeeding. You know, there's almost this modesty or humbleness of like, oh, I guess we're doing well and not apologizing for that, you know? Exactly, and I think I've, I see that. I see that at our church. I see that at, on, the, on the Gustavus Board. Other places I've been, it's like, oh, well, gee, we shouldn't 
you know, we should, you know, and humility is really important. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's critical to, to leadership, I think, but it's also realizing, no, we, we can do this. Totally. Yeah. yeah, totally. Another, another, uh, hallmark and just, uh, I worked on this next little bit for a while, so I'm not going to pretend like I just came up with it. So another hallmark of your Hallbergness, <laughs> <clears throat> thank you very much, is, um, affirmation. Okay, and and the Bible talks about 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 saying good words. You know, Ephesians, and we don't quote a lot of scripture on this show, but you know, Ephesians, you know, talking about don't use harmful words, but only helpful words. You know, the kind that build up and provide what is needed, so that what you say will do good to those who hear you. And so that is you. That is so you across every dimension, every person. It's not just me. I think I think everybody who's listening who knows John Oliver is like, yeah, he's a total. And so I'm wondering, you know, and, and kind of, again, kind of origin story of that. Is that, has, was that also something that, whether it was from your dad or just growing up, overall just a positive kind of upbringing and, and just part of your DNA? I think so. I do think it was my dad a little bit. He, he did a lot of handwritten notes. You know, he would take the time to do that. Again, this is in an era, a pre-email era, et cetera. But even... Even in the context of that, I mean, I still do a lot of handwritten notes. Um, so I think part of it was that. And then part of it is, and I can't remember the specifics, but, you know, every so often early on in my career, you know, you would get someone would make that extra little effort to let you know that they appreciated what you did. And that just resonated, right? That just had an impact. So, you, you, you know, you kind of say to yourself, well, if that made me feel that way, let me let me pass that along so i think it's just learning that and and you know every so often i can't think of how many notes i've written but every so often in the in the most unexpected way i will hear hear from somebody it might be a month later it might be 6 months later you know john i got your note and it, it really made my day yeah. thank you and and you don't need that right cuz that's not why you do the note you don't do it to get that kind of feedback but it's nice to know that it did make a difference yeah no and i still actually i remember it was at work uh and i had a a boss a boss's boss who would encouraged me to say to get a folder this was back in the day before email <laughs> folders and files and an actual manila folder and she said get a folder label it like you know strokes and whenever you get a note and I put it, and I had that, and I guarantee you, there's notes from you in there because I kept everything because it is these these little things that you just and there's something also about that tactile nature of it, you know, that you just uh, that you just have. It makes a big difference. Yeah, I mean, just less than a month ago here, we had a, a, a staffing change where um, our high school leader left, and we had a group of lay leaders, you know, church members who sort of stepped in, and this was near the end of the program year. We're going to do a big retreat that we do every year with the kids. These volunteers, church members, just stepped in and made it happen. So I talked to our co-lead minister. I said, Danielle, would you be okay if I wrote notes? To, and I, I did. I wrote 13 or 14 notes to this group of, uh, and some of whom I, I knew, but some of whom I didn't, just thanking them for what they had done because I knew what that program had done for my kids who were now in their 20s. And it just, again, just to let them know that, a, let them know you're paying attention, but B, just let them know that their effort, their passion made a difference. Yeah. 
What a, so we've talked about your dad a couple times, and we talk about role models a lot on the show. So now I'm going to make you think of other guys. You just can't say your dad this time because we've already talked about him twice. Who are the other guys as you were growing up, maybe in the church, maybe not, could have been through school, coaches. When you think of, of the men in your formative years, who are some that stand out that you feel like really helped shape you? Wow, that's a great question. I, you know, one of my, So my first job, I started caddying when I was 12 years old at Midland Hills Country Club. I was a block away from the course. It was an easy thing to do. I played golf, so it was just, you know, it was just a great, and this was 1968, a long time ago. Um, And I think there was a guy there named Jack Boss who owned, who started General Office Products. It's still around in St. Louis Park, right? And we just developed a relationship. He would smoke camel straights on the (laughs) golf course. I remember that, right? But he, he kind of asked for me every time I was there, so every Wednesday or Saturday. And, you know, he, he just, I learned a lot from him about business, about life, just, you know, about his family. So he would be a guy, um, you know, actually a little later in life, and I still um, respect him a lot, is a guy you know, John Mendesh from General Mills, who, you know, probably mentored 1,500 people in his career at General Mills and and is still doing it today and is, you know, having an impact in the world today, even though he's been retired for, for three years and just giving so generously of his time and treasure. And so a guy like that and just seeing how he interacts with people, you know, and how he is just so, like I said, um, Generous and giving. I mean, it, we're lucky to, to get to hang with people like yeah, like that. So true. So those would be two. That's great. You know, that's so true. And Mendy is just he's he's a gem. We gotta get Mendy on. We gotta get yes. Mendy on Mana. Mendy on Mana. That's a that's a that's a promo right there. John Mendish. Get ready. All right. Well, hey, we are we are already at the and um, now I'm, and people have heard me give this disclaimer. So we're at this part of the show. Uh, called the fun segment. And I've been embarrassed for the years that we've done this that I've never come up with a better name. And now I'm really embarrassed because I'm in front of this marketing legend here. So <laughs> maybe afterwards we can have a little ideation here on how, what to name this. And someday that'll, that, and that'll be the, like the last season is when we actually change the name of this. But anyway, the fun segment, three questions. We ask the same questions of every guest. Uh, and we just, uh, that's how we close it out. So question number one, if, uh, and apropos here as we sit in this beautiful church, if Jesus knocked on your door tomorrow morning and just wanted to hang out for the day. You have a whole day, uh, do anything you want, uh, hang out with Jesus all day, what are you going to do? Oh, wow. That's, that's an amazing question. Um, you know, it, it's kind of like, well, let me step back. One of the things we're trying to do here at Wyzetta Community Church is is the, 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 the tagline that we're using is, you know, what does it mean today to follow Jesus into a changing world, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's really powerful language. So I think that would be what I would want to do with them. Not that we're going to, you know, it's like the Mother Teresa thing. You can't solve the world's problem. You can solve the one in front of you. It'd be like, yeah. okay, Jesus, let's go. Let's go to the George Floyd Memorial or let's go here. What are your thoughts? Yeah. And not to, you know, just like, yeah, what could, what... How could we, how could we um, address this challenge in a, in a more Jesus-like way? Yeah, you know, I yeah. think would be, 
I'd, I'd love to see how he would react to some of the things that are happening today. Yeah, yeah. All right, question number two. Uh, if you could go to church with any other guy, living or dead, uh, and you can talk about your dad now. You, I mean, you don't have to disqualify your dad here. But uh, So you're going to go to church with any other man, living or dead, famous or not. You can know him or not. Uh, the only rules is you're going to church, and it's going to be with another guy. Who are you going to go with? Um, Abraham Lincoln. Mm. And I just, I'm, just because of, uh, you know, and I think of his second inaugural speech, and I think of even, you know, where he talked about where the, you know, it's, it's, he knows the Civil War is ending, and how are we going to bring this nation together? And, um, you know, if you go to the Lincoln Memorial in D.C., it's just a breathtaking, awe-inspiring place. And just what he did and, and how it was faith-based. I mean, he was, he was just very connected in that way and a very spiritual person. And so I think I'd love to... I'd love to go with Honest Abe and say, hey, what, what did you think? Or, 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 you know. Yeah, no, I love that. There's a great, um, there's a great quote from Lincoln. I don't remember when he said it, but, um, you know, it's the one where, uh, you know, I've often found myself on my knees because I had nowhere else to go. And I just, you're absolutely right. I think he had such a great way of being so faith-driven without, without having, you know, overly preachy. You know, he was just very simple about it, you know. The other neat Lincoln anecdote goes to your earlier thing about writing notes. And with his, not his enemies, that's too strong a word, but with people he disagreed with, like on his cabinet or other politicians or whatever, he was legendary for writing it out, writing a note to this person, handwritten, you know, this was 1860s, right? Sticking it in his drawer and then never, never mailing it. He would just do it just to say, okay, yeah. I got to just get these words out. Yeah. I have to vent a little bit. Oh. I have to express my, but I know better than to send it. Yeah. But, wow. but the fact that I could write it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of gets it out. That's great. I love that. I love that. All right. Uh, fun segment question number three. If you could just give one piece of advice to a younger man, just a little bit further upstream, about just living your kind of life, living a, a confident, you know, life of faith, uh, what would that one uh, piece of advice be? Um, as early as you can, don't force it, but as early as you can, try and find your sense of purpose or your vocation. And you might be blessed and it'll be in your career. It might be as a husband or a father or, or, or it might be through other activities. But try and find that sense of purpose. You know, what brings you energy and what makes you feel fulfilled. Because I think, you know, the, the science would say you're going to live longer. <laughs> right? But also it just is so fulfilling and... Um, you know, we, we spend so much time and energy focusing on, you know, and, and it's all real stuff. Well, I got to make the mortgage payment. I got to do this, got to do that. But it's like, no, life, you know, no one gets, gets out of here alive, right? Yeah. So the fact that if, if you're lucky enough to, to find your sense of purpose, and it might be multiple things, but just find that 
early on, everything else that you do professionally, personally, will be that much better. All right, John Hallberg, seven seasons in the making, and we finally got you on, and that is why right there. So thank you so much. It's just been great to, uh, just been great to be influenced by you all these years, and I'm just really, really, really happy that everyone listening here gets a chance. Um, and a lot of these people already know you. We have a very, fairly tight listener <laughs> circle here. <laughs> but uh, I just really appreciate everything about you and, and, for, and for sharing your story here on Mana. Well, Jeff, thank you for again for those kind words, and thank you for doing doing this. Uh, it's a good thing. Thank you for listening to Mana. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.